Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Del Bates, author of Walking in a Minefield, a nonfiction scripture-based book featuring true-to-life stories about the spiritual warfare going on all around us, along with ways to identify and disarm the bombs before they explode. Before we get started, let's learn the inside scoop on Del Bates. Del is an author, speaker, and an enthusiastic encouragement to many. She has been on leadership with Aglow International for numerous years, and her hope is to see the lost saved and healed through those meetings. She has self-published two books and has numerous stories in various publications. Del and her husband have the joy of being snowbirds between Florida and Michigan. Michigan is her heartfelt home where she spends quality time with her three grown children, their families, and finds plenty of time to spoil her five grandkids. Her heart's desire is to further the kingdom of God through her pen for the Lord and her gift of prophecy, where she loves to equip others through words of wisdom from above. To learn more about Dell and her work, visit her website at dellbates.com. Well, hi, Dell. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Well, good morning. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. Uh, why don't you get started by telling our listeners a bit about your latest book, Walking in a Minefield? I think in the world we are today, we just need a guide. Number one, I guess the question for everyone is if they believe they are in a battle. It's basically for us, each one of us walking in a spiritual battle, because we do walk in spiritual battles. Sometimes we're aware of it, and sometimes we're not. But as we are in life, I believe we are always walking through battles of some sort. And many times they're spiritual. And in the spiritual battles we face, we can't use human weapons to fight, but we need spiritual weapons. Mm -hmm. And so what my book is, Walking in a Minefield, is giving you the spiritual battles you need to be able to walk through the battles in life or really anything you face. Yeah, yeah. You talked a little bit about spiritual battle, and you mentioned in your book spiritual warfare. So what exactly is spiritual warfare? In my mind, I'm going to say what I believe, because yeah. I know everyone has different opinions, and you know we're all welcome to our own opinion. But I would think spiritual warfare is when we're fighting a battle that we can't see, but yet it's going on. Like, even when someone's coming against us, or they're coming against someone we love with spirits, say, of hate or anger or pride. And so you can't fight them by, you know, hurting the person, killing the person. No, you're going to fight them with prayer. You're going to fight them with the Word of God. Those are the spiritual weapons that we have, mm-hmm. is number one, prayer. And prayer brings us to the Word of God, which is, they call that the sword of the Spirit. That's the Word of God. That's the sword. That's what pierces into the darkness that we can win the battles as we're going through them. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a book that is much needed 
all the time, but especially with this past year that everyone has gone through, we need all the tools we can get to help us. (laughs) (laughs) We need the toolbox, right? Right, right. So what called you to write this book? What inspired you to write Walking in a Minefield? Well, it's very interesting. I was just sitting here one morning with the Lord, and I felt like he said, I'd like you to write a book. I knew I was going to begin writing something, Mm. and I was going to do it. I had done a devotional book previously. Um, It was called Daily Seeds, and I was going to do another devotional book off of that one that is Seeds of Grace. So I thought, well, I'll do one on Seeds of Love. I'm always writing devotions and putting them aside. I felt like the Lord said, I want you to do a book on spiritual warfare. And I thought, oh, no problem, God, I can do this. You know, <laughs> I pray all the time. I mean, seriously, that was my pridefulness saying this, you know. I know what goes into warfare. It's the Holy Spirit and our words. And, you know, I can do this. Yeah. I can teach people. So, I mean, honestly, that's, you know, that's how I was. And then within a week, I found out my sister had breast cancer. Mm. and I was like, whoa. And then I went to, within the following week, I went to a writer's conference, and there was a very seasoned editor there, and we were sitting at the table, we were having dinner, and she's like, so, Adele, what are you doing? And I said, well, I said, I'm starting a book. I felt like the Lord called me to write a book on spiritual warfare. She said, you better get yourself three powerful intercessors. Mm. She said, because you're going to need it. She said, if you're going to write on warfare, you're going to be walking through it to be able to write it. And I'm telling you, she was right, because that is exactly what happened. It was just one thing after the next. And it seemed like when we went through one, the next one happened. And even to the fact that one of the chapters is called When It Hits Home. Mm. And it did hit home because, you know, we can always pray for others. But then when it comes to you, it's like, oh, no. And what was interesting was I had pretty much what I felt most of the book or the chapters put it that way. Mm-hmm. But I just kept feeling like something was missing. And I kept going, Lord, it just seems like I have enough, but yet I don't. I need one more chapter. And um, I had this spot on my back, and I had to go have it tested. And the girl called me like 9 o'clock in the morning and said that the results came back. And I was like half asleep, and I'm like, okay, all right. And she said, it is cancer. Mm. And they have a certain name for it. And she said, we need you in the office tomorrow morning to remove it immediately. And so I came to my husband, said, da, da, da. And he goes, what did you say? And as I said it, I thought, oh, my gosh, is that what she really said? And I was so half asleep Mm. that I got on the phone. I called her back. And I said, what did you say was on my back? And she explained what it was. And so I remember getting in the shower, and the Lord said, this is the chapter you're missing when it hits home. And I just remember just crying and going, oh, my gosh. And I remembered Gloria's words 
you will live through it if you're going to write it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, you will write about when it hits home. So. That gives me chills. That, <laughs> well, <laughs> that was about chapter 10. Then there were a couple more chapters that followed. But I knew that I knew in my spirit, it's not done. But yeah. I did know I had to go through this one. And so chapter 10 is when it hits home and it shares about that journey. Wow. Yeah. So are all of your chapters presented as stories based on experiences from people who have been through different types of challenges? Well, like in each chapter, there's something. If I talk about, you know, words are weapons, say what another chapter is, it's a story of just how in a situation the Holy Spirit enabled me or friends of mine with our words, which was prayer, to take us through our battle or someone else's. Okay. You touched upon praying for yourself, and I immediately thought how much easier it is to pray for others than for yourself. Why is that? Well, I think what it is is when you get into something and you're either in pain, you're in fear, or you're in grief, or whatever situation you're in that takes your emotions for number one, it's like you can't even think to pray for yourself Mm -hmm. because you're so surrounded by everything else that's taking you over. The last thing you think to do is pray, especially take fear. Another one of my chapters talks about when I had fear, um, I had high blood pressure really bad. And the fear of dying took over that I couldn't think to pray for myself because I was so, oh my gosh, this will happen. Oh my gosh, that'll happen. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, sometimes for us, the last resort is, oh my gosh, I need to pray, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we finally stop and we try and put all those emotions in the back seat. We begin to speak to Satan and tell him, no, you don't have authority over me. I'm a child of the king God does love me, and I'm going to live through this, and I'm going to get through it, and I'm going to see myself through the battle. And then it's like we can begin to take the step we do for others immediately. We start praying for ourselves. Yeah, and that makes sense. It's like we don't think of it right away because we're too wrapped up in the emotion attached to whatever we're going through. So walking in a minefield explores... 14 areas and actions needed to fight the spiritual war we face daily. Can you give us a glimpse into what some of those other areas are? Really, when we go through life, I mean, we have minefields of health. You know, health is considered a minefield. And so when you go through, like, minefield issues with your health, which I do have a chapter in that, which someone went through something where they were going through a sickness of some sort, And so maybe take chapter six in that, knowing your authority, Hmm. that you have the authority because God has given us that authority to be able to pray. We have to, number one, know that we have the authority in the power of the Holy Spirit to pray as God calls us and enables us to pray. So that's why each chapter has a story of something and... Or like the chapter of maybe words are weapons. You know, our words are weapons 
that we use, but we have to be aware of like the words we're saying. And I use an example of a girl I knew years ago, and I was a brand new Christian, and she was a very seasoned Christian. We were the direct opposite. You know, she'd been mm-hmm. walking with the Lord a long time. And we used to do walks every night. We'd go for a walk. And I had these super uncomfortable shoes on. I probably shouldn't have worn them, but I did. And I just remember saying, oh, my God, if I just take one more step, I'm going to die. And she just burst out with her sarcasm. Sometimes she would. And she said, what kind of flowers do you want? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about, you know? And what she was getting at is, your words are weapons. Mm. What she was saying is, you just said one more step, you're going to die. Well, go ahead. I'll bring you flowers. <laughs> I'll bring you flowers to your funeral. And this is one, how I opened up one of my chapters. Because what it is, is what we say is what we'll get. And, you know, there's power to positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, there's power to positive speaking. I'm going to get through this battle. I am going to make it through this battle because I know I have God on my side. So as far as like, you know, you ask like different battles, financial battles, we never know how we're going to get through. But if we know the one who's able to help us through, then somehow, you know, Philippians four nineteen, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So we may not know how it's going to happen, but God can supernaturally, and he's done it for me through the years, he can supernaturally find the way for us to be able to make it through a battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our reviewer said the second chapter about minefield of fear was one that especially hit home for her. And I don't know if you can rate these according to, you know, first to worst, but I feel like fear is a big one for everyone. Um, oh, how yeah. debilitating is fear to our everyday lives? Well, I think especially with this past year, with how and everything we've gone through. I mean, you think about how, you know, for those who have lost their jobs mm-hmm. and, you know, are not able to keep up with their finances, which I've been there in my life, so I can well understand what people are going through. So that's fear, you know, with a young mom who's dealing with having to take care of children, put food on the table, buy clothes, take care of just your everyday necessity. And then with, you know, this past year, the minute someone gets sick, No one gets the flu anymore. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, do I have it? Oh, my gosh, do you have it? You know, that fear of the unknown. You said the word crippling. It does. It cripples us Mm -hmm. that we can't go on and take that next step. But God. Now, a quote from your book, uh, the key to battle is learning how to recognize the bomb before it explodes. What are some different things we can do to recognize the bombs? I think believing that number one, it's real. And before we go into the fear of it is knowing that God is able to take us through, that he has already seen this before it's happened and to be able to recognize. And I think it's, it's, I'm going to use it personally, just with me alone, 
just, I know sometimes I just get, I just fly off the handle with things. Mm. And we've been doing the book as a Bible study because the book does not come out until June 1st, but I was able to purchase so many author copies. Mm. So I did that and I've had about three different people, three different groups, put it that way, going Mm. through a Bible study. And so I did that with my group. We called it Glow. We just finished I mean, just so perfect, not even perfect, but perfect that we just finished last week. Yeah. So all the girls, yeah, I mean, it's, see, that's God's timing. <laughs> it is. It's God's, it is. And it wasn't planned. It was just like, oh, my gosh, we're going to finish this at June 1st when the book comes out. Wow. And so I just, I know sometimes I just get so short-tempered and I'll get so upset. And then what happens is you say things you wish you didn't say. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing one of the chapters, and I just felt like, I'm writing this to others. I need to take an account of what I'm writing and what I'm telling them to do, and I need to start doing it. And I really begin to pray, and I just begin to pray and say, Holy Spirit, just help me. That when I begin to get so upset and so angry, help me stop in my tracks. It's recognizing that when something happens, how we react to it is going to be the outcome of what will be. Mm. And when we do that over and over again, that we get to the point in our life to say, no, I want to see a change. I don't want to go in that direction. And that's where fear comes in too. And that's what I was talking about, like with my blood pressure, that before I begin to fear, my blood pressure is going to get so high and I'm going to not wake up in the morning because it's going to take me during the night. Mm -hmm. I begin to tell myself, and that was where I was at. And that's maybe why I don't know how it actually touched her, but she did say in the review that that chapter really hit home for her. Mm -hmm. So for me, knowing every time I begin to take that step that, okay, it's going to go up higher. I'm going to put my arm on that machine and I'm going to put that strap on my machine and I'm going to see the numbers go up. I had to say, no, God, I ask you, Holy Spirit, keep me at peace right now. Keep me at peace that I can put this on my arm and I can take my reading and it's going to be okay. And believe it or not, it began to work to go in the doctor's office and to pray for myself before I went in. Holy Spirit, come in there with me. God, keep me at peace. Knowing that that was a bomb in my life, Mm. but recognizing I can pray about this before it happens. I can sit and pray before I go in the doctor's office. And I can pray for the peace of God to wash over me, that when I go in, I'm going to be okay. That when I put my head on the pillow, I'm going to be okay. And then I repeat scriptures. I can do all through Christ who strengthens me. And I would repeat those scriptures. I am a child of God in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He has a plan, a good plan for me. He has a hope and a future. And this is what I would do. And I would begin to pray those scriptures over myself. And it would bring a peace that would wash over me. You know, I shod my feet with a gospel of peace, 
No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And the more you begin to recite the word of God, you're walking in his peace. And that fear that was behind you suddenly begins to wash away. Not that the problem's totally gone, but Mm -hmm. you're walking with a hope and a peace that you're walking in what God wants you to walk in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you put out there, it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love hearing that you've had a few groups using your book as a Bible study. And I, I know you include reflection at the end of each chapter. So you mentioned Bible study. How else can people use the reflection at the end of each chapter for their benefit? I would say for personal just personal, if you are reading the book, the reflection at the end are questions that after you read the book that you may have, that you can kind of go back into the chapter that you just read and just questions in the end for yourself. Because just like you asking me questions, it's like when someone asks you questions, you begin to think about stuff and you're like, wow, I never thought about that before. Mm. So you're reading the book And then in the end, you're asking yourself questions. You know, do I believe there's a spiritual battle? Do I believe that God has given us weapons to fight this battle? Do I believe I can make it through? So they're just like three small questions at the end of each chapter, asking you to ask yourself, wow, do I really believe this? And sometimes when the question's presented, we begin to think about stuff that maybe we've never thought of before, Mm. but things that will help us in the future. Yeah, so you can go into meditation around those questions or journal about it. Right, journal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. So obviously there are many messages in your book for readers to learn and grow from. If you had to choose the single most important thing you hope readers take away from walking in a minefield, what would that be? I would pray that it would give them encouragement, wisdom, and guidance to know that whatever battle they face, God has got the answers for them. I call it a toolbox, and that each one of us have a spiritual toolbox that we are able to make it through anything we face. And I don't say that lightly because I've been through a hard one this year mm-hmm. and a one that hit home very close. I'm not, not going to go into that one, but he's mm-hmm. there with us. What was, I'm curious, how long did it take you to write Walking in a Minefield? Um, how long? Really, it was like during the night, I would just get up and... Almost every single chapter was written during the night. Wow. Lord would wake me up like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd get up, and they were handwritten. The whole thing was handwritten. And then I would bring them to the computer. I wouldn't touch them. I wouldn't do anything. I just, it was almost like dictation. Mm. And then I would work on them and add. And it's like during the night was like the skeleton. And then I would get up, and once I'd put them on the computer... So I would say probably within about, um, maybe about three months. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So were there things that you experienced during 
creating this book that surprised you? Oh, I just always go back to the chapter of when it hits home. I would say that, and I, I would also say all the way back to the beginning, you know, where the Lord said, would you write a book on spiritual warfare? Sometimes we think we have it all together. And I'm I'm really being honest, and but that's it. You know, I just thought, okay, Lord, it's no big deal. You want me to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> but not realize, seriously, not realizing, no, I didn't have it all together. Hmm. No, I had to walk through this stuff to be able to give it to other people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Just really thinking sometimes, yeah, I can do this, you know, I can do it. And finding out, no, Dell, you can't. You know, you can't do it without my help because I'm going to take you through to be able for you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and it was the editing process, everything. I went through challenges going through the editing and it was, it was just a continuous battle. It was an uphill climb, put it that way. Mm-hmm. It was one thing after the next. Um, and there were times I just wanted to just quit and say, no, you know, it's just too much. I just quit. I'm done. But then the outcome, no doubt. Look at the people you can help. Hmm. Look at what you've gone through. Why would you quit now? And I'd look back how far I came and I'd say, no, I'm going to do it. So. Right, right. So how does your family support your writing career? Oh, (laughs) Oh, I think of my grandkids, you know, Grandma, are you ever going to be done with that book? (laughs) But my husband supports me a lot because writing is a lonely process, they say. And it is, you know, you're sitting at that computer. And especially once it's in the editing process, you know, it's coming back to you again and you're reading through. Do you, you know, if you find any mistakes and then you send it back into them, you know, and I find a mistake here or find a mistake there. But you're going through that book yourself, the whole book, you know, every single chapter, looking for mistakes. This is once the editing process is all done. You know, your editor has helped you through it. And I had a very dear friend. We've been friends for years. And she was my mentor when I did a course. It's called the Jerry Jenkins Writing Course. And I did that. And she was my mentor through that. Hmm. And she would go through and help me chapter by chapter. But then the publishing house would have the book. They would go through it, then they would send it to me for the final critique. And I would say my husband, just sitting there alone many nights, watching movies, I wish I was sitting in there watching with him. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I knew that I knew I had to do my part. So he supported me greatly through it. Yeah. And my kids continuously, you know, my son, Brian, mom, you can do this, you know, you can do this. Yeah. And I ask their opinion in a lot of things, you know, my website, I'm always, what do you think? What do you think? And so, you know, they're always encouraging me. Yeah. I love your website and listeners. Uh, you have to go to her website. It's absolutely beautiful. Delbates.com. And there are many things on your website that, um, readers can learn about you and your work. Now, you also have a podcast, Seeds of Hope. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, that's fun. Half of the year, I live in Vero Beach, and there's a radio program. A friend of mine 
Penny Cook. She's also an author. And her and I have one week of the month right now. We have the third Saturday of the month. And we are on, and it's called Seeds of Hope. So we kind of talk about our books, but we also talk about whatever's going on just in our day-to-day. Like the third Saturday of June is going to be about Father's Day. So we'll take whatever is going on. And basically, just what we're doing today is just trying to give people hope in whatever they could be going through. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Del, is there anything else you wanted to add today? I'd just say just to pray for the listeners out there. I just lift every single listener up in prayer, and I just pray for you that whatever you may be facing today, that you may know that you know that you know that God already knows the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. And even if you may not see the end today, that you will believe and that you will trust him, that he will carry you through that battle. And that no minefield you walk through is too difficult for him. Well, Del, thank you so much for joining us today and letting us get to know a little bit more about you and your book. And we look forward to your upcoming release in just a few days. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Del Bates, author of Walking in a Minefield. To learn more about Dell and her books, visit her website at dellbates.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com. 